Pew, pew. You know how you do the reggae horn, though? Is that for later? There you go. That's the DJ. DJ. DJ Nick Burlo on the beat. <laughs> the Nets are up six on the Celtics right Stupid. now. What Stupid. is going on? I had the Boston minus ten and a half. Yeah, well, the Celtics outscored the Nets tonight. In the first quarter, 37 to 15, the Nets came back and put up 40 in the second quarter. It's stupid. It's stupid. Nothing makes sense. Nope. Still nothing makes sense in the NBA. I was ready to write the Nets off. I don't know. Maybe Maybe this is am. actually the Celtics are frauds. Maybe they're the frauds. The Knicks whooped them the other night at the Garden. Now the Nets are doing it, but the Knicks beat the Nets. I don't know. I do it, boy. Can't figure it out. I have no idea. We talk about all these teams, though, that are at the top. I'm kind of fascinated to see what some of these teams at the bottom do the rest of the way. We talk about win totals being on the line. We talk about number one overall pick being on the line for Victor Wembanyama, who everybody loves. By the way, Scoot Henderson, pretty damn good, too. I know he's not really Victor Wembanyama, but that's a nice consolation prize if you have the number two pick in the draft. For sure. But if you look at, like, okay, so the teams that, obvi- teams that are clearly in tank mode right now, where they're like, we don't want to win another game. You got the Rockets, the Pistons, the Spurs, now the Hornets. The Magic are in there with a 10.5% chance to have the number one overall pick. But we know the Magic are actually still trying to play. They're up big on the Hornets tonight. Or they should have won now. Is it done? No, yeah, they're up. 111-102 with, you know, 230 goes. Actually, that game got a little closer, but still. By the way, Paolo Bancaro has 31 tonight. I knew when I, did you see what I said I was going to mush it? Yep. He has two two threes as well. Yeah, you mushed it. You completely mushed it. Do you see the power of that? It's actually, like, really impressive. The power you is. You consistently do this. The power is, like, unreal. It's uh, But it has to be coming from a place of truth. Mm-hmm. That's why when I go full in on the Phillies yeah. or the Sixers or the Eagles, I truly find a way to rationalize mm-hmm. and believe it in in attempt to make them lose. Can you rationalize a way to get my Knicks to the finals? That would be great. Well, I have to, I would have to say that they're trash and they stink. Yeah, like, that's, that's how fine. I would do rationalize it. that would they're say, trash like, and they're they stink. Really, I can't do it because it's just so far off from the truth. I know. It's nice to hear that, though. It's mm-hmm. a change of pace for me. They're really yeah, good. But even after that, so the Pacers have a 9% chance. The Thunder have a 7.5% chance as of right now, which this is the thing the NBA did, right? They smooth out their odds, and they're like, hey, we want to make it so teams don't go into full tank mode. Problem is this guy is such a huge prospect that even Greg Popovich and the Spurs are looking around and going, we got we to gotta make this happen. I, I don't know if there's a best spot for him because he makes everybody better on any team. He does. Given what we've seen now. You always want to be careful. He's a big guy. He's had some, you know, little, he's had some foot injuries, hasn't he? Yes. So that's one concern. But no team is going to pass up on him. Just like if you were the Pelicans, you're not going to pass up on Zion. And shin. Shin injuries. Those are two, those are things that are are red flags. They are concerning because of his size and because of, well, he's also really skinny. But you you can't pass up on him with a number one overall pick. Just nope. like the Pelicans couldn't pass up on Zion Williamson. It was impossible because you'd look like an idiot, even if you knew exactly what we all said was going to happen about Zion. This is exactly what's going on now with him. You hope that Victor Wambayama is not going to be the same thing. Yeah, and I think it's different, too, because Victor Wambayama is closer to Kevin Durant's size and stature than... You know, say a Zion. Right. So Greg Oden was was super thick. skinny. Yeah. Yeah. Greg Oden was thick. He was powerful. He was uh, just the same sort of thing. Not obviously exact replicas by any means, but just a lot of torque on yeah. the body. Yeah. 
you know, Zion is closer to a football player than a basketball player mm-hmm. in terms of how his body is. He's built for something, a surface that has give, not hardwood. Yeah. Hardwood has no give. No give. Not, not so happening. I don't think Victor Wamiyama is going to be able to break himself. Whatever happens to him could be soft tissue related or, you know, just maybe weak ankles, weak knees. But they'll go through the testing process for that. He's got to put on a little bit of weight, obviously. Yeah. But Kristaps Porzingis has been relatively healthy. Same sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. KD early on in his career, very healthy. Mm-hmm. Like first seven, eight years, he was extremely healthy before he had a foot injury. Once you start having significant issues to your lower extremities as a tall person, it's very difficult to get back to 100%. But right now, Victor, you would imagine, is is thinking about all that. Right. It's... It's just so interesting to see how, like, we we haven't really had this type of prospect in terms of a player where you knew teams cared so much about having that number one overall pick since LeBron James. I mean, that was the last one that was truly, that stands out in 2003. And again, you're not going to have guys that are looked at as franchise, ultimate franchise-altering players every couple of years. That That's what makes them so great. Like, you look at quarterbacks. I mean, Andrew Luck, it sucks that his career was cut short, and he decided to do it on his own, and it was the Colts' fault because they just couldn't put an offensive line around him. But he was a franchise-altering player. The, the, the Colts went from two wins to 11 wins in the playoffs his rookie year. Like, that is a franchise-altering player. So Victor Weminyama is looked at as, as that type of player. So teams are going to do whatever they need to do at this point the rest of the way, which is why we always are on the fade the Rockets, fade the Spurs, fade the Hornets the rest of the season because that's that's the goal you players aren't tanking but organizations are right and they're putting out just bad players or they're Mm -hmm. drawing up situations or lack thereof late in the game that put a team in position to win if it's close you're right it's um victor is gonna be he's gonna light the world on fire i'm trying to find uh an opportunity because there's like so much to do outside of football season Mm -hmm. so many things we want to go and do and see and We've got vacation and stuff. But I really, before the, the season is over, I want to go to, like, a quick weekend trip to Paris. Mm-hmm. Quick weekend it. trip to Paris? Yeah, I mean, it's not far. <laughs> it's not, like, a far trip by plane. I you know, can do, just... like, a three-day thing yeah. and just watch him play. I want to see him play before he gets into the NBA. Mm-hmm. Because somebody told me, an international scout told a friend of mine who I respect a lot, you need to go and see Victor Wamayama play before the NBA because it's one of those things that you'll remember for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I remember watching Paolo in college. Yeah. And I said to myself, well, this is this is very obviously the number one overall pick. Like, right. Very obvious. Right. And right. even when the steam was happening with Jabari, I was like, I don't really see that. Yeah. Because Paolo was so imposing physically. Yeah. It was so stunning. He only got up off the floor like this much when he would shoot a three. It was so smooth. Right. Dribbling was so easy for him. And you're like, wow, this guy's skilled. Sometimes it's, it's just the eye test sometimes. Like yeah, we can sit here and talk about whatever stats or advanced metrics you want about a player and trends and sometimes you just got to watch them. Just watch you can tell especially at lower levels, college or, you know, internationally in yep. whatever country, you can watch some players and just say they're they're different. They stand out whether it's physically or just skill set. And Paolo's certainly physically and skill set and Wembenyama's not a he's not the physical stature is he's really skinny, but he's like seven five, and plays Dude, like a guard. The fact that he can play like that at seven foot four—that's how tall he is. He's yeah. he's taller than anyone you've ever seen in your life. That's not true. George Mirazon. 
Oh, you saw him. I've been life. around him, yeah. So I've been so around George Mirazon. Seven seven is like another. It just doesn't that's crazy. feel. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, you. We'll just say the royal you. Yeah. Right. The yes. the yes. most most of us. <laughs> and that is a size that you can't even really fathom. Yes. To be able to yes. just give you buckets, cross you over, weight shift behind the back, spin mm-hmm. up and under, dunk. What are we talking about? I know it's way, way in advance, but how much of a favorite to win Rookie of the Year do you think he's going to be? Oh, do you see what it is for him to be the number one overall pick? Uh, I have not even seen that Just market guess. yet. Just guess. I would say I minus, minus 1,000. Minus 8,000. Oh, my God. Minus 8,000. <laughs> Who in their right mind would even bet? Like, what's the point? It's plus 2,000 for the field. That's insane. It's for rookie of the year, it will be the same. Yeah, yeah, it'll probably be about the same. And then you're thinking, well, maybe he'll get injured like Chet or something, and then you want to put some money on somebody else. It's craziness. I just, I wouldn't even waste it's my craziness. time. Craziness. And that's going to be one thing that'll kind of be a shame, though, is it? It's going to be almost like we sit here and talk about season awards, you know, all year long. We've seen the market change from MVP to Sixth Man of the Year, like with Russell Westbrook. It's crazy. And the, it's not going to be that way with Rookie of the Year. It's going to be back-to-back years. Paolo Bancaro is a massive favorite now to win Rookie of the Year. It's going to be even more next year with Victor Wembanyama. And again, Scoot Henderson is a really good player. Most people don't know about him because he's playing on G League Ignite. He's right. playing on the G League team, and people are paying attention to college. But he's actually up against, I would argue, better competition right now and getting an opportunity to kind of get that midway point between college and the NBA. But nobody's talking about him. This guy is going to be a great point guard in the NBA. He'd be the number one pick in, like, any other draft we've had over the last, well, maybe not over Paolo. And that's a whole other conversation if you want to think of each player. But, like, he, in this draft, without question, would be the number one pick if Victor Wembanyama was not in it. Thou- thousand percent, bro. Thousand percent. Where Scoot. do you want to see him go? Is there a place? Victor? Yeah. Yeah, I have a spot. I, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I said this the other night. I really want to see him go to Oklahoma City. I think him and oh, Chet yeah. together would oh break, would break the world. They'd weigh a collective 300 pounds, though, too. And they're it, both over seven feet tall. It would be. And then you also have Uzman Jang, who's another yep. skinny big man who's sort of developing. And who's the other one they have? Um, Alexi or uh, something. Poku. Yeah, Pokashevsky. That Pokashevsky. So you would have there you go. Poku. You would have uh, Uzman Jang. You would have Chet Holmgren. And you would have uh, Victor Wamiyama. All skinny. All huge. Very skilled dudes. Holmgren, 7'1", 195, or at least that was last time he was, you know, measured. Uh, Polkashevsky, 7 feet, 190 pounds. That's two guys that yep. are 7 feet under. Then Olivier Saar, by the way, 7 feet, 240. So does that count? No, that's mm. kind of big. No. No, but then, <laughs> then you would add Victor What's Wembanyama. What's Jang's uh, height and weight? Uh, only 6'9", 185. So skinny Skinny, also. though. You're still a skinny big. 6'9", like you're still. A, a three. Probably plays yeah, three for them. That would two be or the f- three. Maybe a two at this point. Yeah. But so this is the interesting thing, though, because I heard an interview the other day um, with the Timberwolves head coach. And one of the things he was talking about with the the reason why they did the Rudy Gobert trade was their thought, well, we can't go better small ball than the Warriors. So let's try to do the opposite. Let's go big. Let's counter them. Let's counter them. Let's run them Which off the floor. Some teams have been able to do that in some ways, and it does work. Cleveland right now is kind of counter that. They got a couple of bigs. In, you know, Evan Mobley and um, Jarrett, 
Jared Allen, Allen, thank yeah. you. God, I'm having it's Friday. I know, no, dude, that my was brain, me yesterday. Don't my worry brain about is it. like starting to just stop working now at this point. But having those guys together has given them two bigs that can. Def- I mean, they're both rim protectors. They're both legit bigs. Right. It's not look. It's not twin towers back in the day. It's not David Robinson, Tim Duncan. Uh, but that being said, or Ralph Sampson. I mean, good lord, you go way back to the, all of that though aside. That will be what I think a team tries to do in the future because now we see what bigs can do, right? I mean, even Joel Embiid, even Nikola Jokic, they're bigs that can pass, they can shoot, they can run the floor. Like, they're not the traditional play-in-the-post bigs. If you can find a collection of those types of players that can still defend on the perimeter to a point against smaller players that can shoot, that can stretch the floor, you can go with two seven-footers and a guy that's 6'9", in your starting lineup, but you're still playing the type of up-tempo and stretch-the-floor yes. basketball that the NBA sees today, it's just going to look different, and it's going to look really big. For sure. And that, and uh, the Thunder would be the team that could do that if they had that. God, I'm thinking about that would be a lot of fun to see. So fun. Incredible. Also, I think another team that I think that would be fun to watch Victor on is the Detroit Pistons. You had they Cade, have enough bigs, though, too. God. But it would be Cade Cunningham. You would probably get rid of Jalen Duran. You would <laughs> I probably know what's going get. On again. You would the mascot's upset with something on the TV Dunkin', again. The Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> running around. The... It's just cartoon donuts running in circles. <laughs> she can stand pretty easily, too. I wonder if you can hear it. See, no, I don't think so. Jalen Duran. Uh, you obviously have James Wiseman. You probably don't need those guys if you have Victor yeah. Wambayama. They automatically get pushed to the side and get traded. I think that would be really interesting. Also, we talked about Charlotte. I don't think Charlotte's going to get yeah. uh, Victor. But well, Charlotte you say that, would... but remember, the odds are smoothed out a little bit more. They got a 12.5% chance. Above them is only the Rockets and the Pistons at 14, or and the Spurs at 14%. So, yeah, so I think Charlotte would be an incredible spot. Would Michael Jordan, though, break him? There's been some player oh, issues yeah. with Book Knight yes, and that's true. Malik Monk. But I think it's, to me, it's very clearly OKC would be the most fun. Just the most fun. I mean, pick. how do you even counter a team like that? I, I don't I don't know what don't you know would do with that much do. length. Other than the magic would be also very fun. Yeah, the magic would be fun. With yeah. Paolo Ben Carroll, that that they're they're instant division winners the next year. For sure. Like I already think there's a chance they, they win the Southeast anyway next year. Yeah. But you add Victor Wemanyama, you're not getting the same value in that price that we talked about before if we look at what oh, the roster looks here's like. Here's another sneaky one. All right. The Knicks. No. The Wizards. No. No. Sneaky. This one for Vic. I know the odds aren't great. You got to tell me what they are. So say without LeBron James that the Lakers fall down the standings in the next three weeks. The Lakers currently do not have their own pick. Okay. The Pelicans have a pick swap with the Lakers. So if the Lakers somehow fall down to like the 13th, 14th seed. Mm Mm-hmm. They just lose, just lose games. Anthony Davis has an issue with himself, like he always does. Right. And you have the Pelicans getting Victor Wambayama. Oh my God! First of all, we're not even tripping off of Zion mm-hmm. anymore. If we have him, if we don't, doesn't really matter. Three percent chance for the Lakers right now to have the number one overall pick. So that would be incredible. You have CJ Trey, Trey Murphy. You've got. Could they even make that? Herb Herb Jones, Brandon oh Ingram. God. Dyson Daniels. They'd have two skinny Victor. guys at least with oh my God. Brandon Ingram and Victor Wembanyama. Time is up. Couple of Reapers. <laughs> God, there'd be. I mean, really, any team would be fun. Yeah, it would. I don't want them on the West Coast, though. I want to see them in the East Coast in so the that time we can zone. Watch we can more. see more. Yeah, of course. 